Hi, everyone. Welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast. This is Yitz Epstein, your host, and I'm joined by Sam Chang. Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Thank you very much. Doing well, and thank you very much for the invitation. I truly appreciate the opportunity. Of course, it's an honor. And just so you guys know, Sam Chain is a mindset coach. Uh, fantastic work. Thank you, uh, Sam, for all the great work you do. And um, Sam, I just want to ask you a quick question and kind of open up the discussion here. Uh, if you can kind of just engage with what questions would you ask somebody who specializes in narcissistic abuse? Uh, if you were curious to know uh, details about how uh, narcissism works. So, um, so, to, so me as a mindset, I definitely would like to have the, a, a, a very strong you know, positive mindset about what it is, what, what is it exactly that makes somebody a narcissist? What are telltale signs of, of a narcissist in today's world? Sure. Excellent question. Excellent question. So here's, here's what happens with, with narcissists. We call it a narcissist. You know, we have this label narcissist, but really what we're dealing with is an individual who, ha- who absolutely has given up on the growth of life. They're not interested in, 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 in giving, uh, in receiving. It's, everything's about me. It's a self centered existence. And what happens is that individuals like this are, are, are lack empathy. They lack the ability to, uh, to, uh, see other people. It's all about them. They operate out of a false personality, a false self. So what, what's difficult about noticing and even identifying a narcissist is that they don't, they look the same as many other people. In fact, they act the same, but really they're operating out of a really a, a false sense of, uh, self centeredness, aggrandizement, and really a sense of entitlement to everything they have and everything they do. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you may or may not even know you're dealing with a narcissist because of the ability for a, a covert narcissist, uh, as opposed to an overt one, which is usually more, aggra- uh, you know, out in the open, someone who's more pompous and even uh, brazen, a covert narcissist, it, which is really what, what, what I uh, specialize in, the covert narcissism, is where you have an individual who who is able to stealthily hide their selfish agendas behind sometimes even ultra altruistic uh, uh, purposes and really uh, uh, hidden agendas and, and, um, and subtle remarks and subtle communication patterns. And uh, the idea is that what, what a narcissist or what we call a narcissist is really just a person who, who is extraordinarily selfish. What they're trying to do is they're trying to uh, just – surround themselves with people who tend to give uh, and, and, and they, uh, they like to kind of pump themselves up as sort of like a, a higher end human being who's just more valuable and just simply better than everybody else. Uh, and, and you may, they may come across as somebody who's confident and somebody who's easygoing and passive and just kind of rolling with it. But inside they really are uh, deeply unhappy, uh, extraordinarily uh, hurt. Uh, and, and, and ultimately extraordinarily selfish and looking to, uh, to exploit other people uh, for personal gain. Right. Um, fascinating, fascinating, very comprehensive uh, and elaborate response. Um, so I know that the, 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 obviously there would be a, a big difference between an overt and a covert narcissist when it comes to actually um, um, considering a possible cure as individual themselves, actually, if, if they could even label themselves that or if they would actually see a specialist to actually um, cure this, um, is it curable? I mean, how do we relate to people like that? Do we keep a distance? What's what's the uh, um, what's the industry standards? Uh, the special the, the 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 specialist that you are. How, how do you how do you go about to to really help people that are that are actually around these type of people? Sure. So the, the, first of all, there's been a long-standing notion that narcissists can't change. Uh, I don't believe that. Uh, I thoroughly believe that narcissists can change. The problem that 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 oftentimes is running, well, I'd say 99%, if not 100% of the time, being run into is that a narcissist 
is 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 the first step is that they absolutely uh, cannot admit to a wrongdoing. They cannot admit to uh, the fact that they are uh, they have perceived that they have flaws or there's something wrong with them, uh, because this would kind of uh, awaken an inner sense of inadequacy. So, if you know, it, 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 there are parallels with narcissism and addiction, uh, and much like an addiction, uh, which with narcissism the addiction is to control, to hurt, to manipulate, to exploit, uh, and we'll t- we can talk about that later. The 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 addiction of narcissism. You know, an addict who comes to, to, to AA, for example, a, an alcoholic uh, who comes to AA, the first step is, you know, I am uh, helpless. I am letting go and, and realizing that I'm helpless to my addiction. A narcissist would have a very difficult time doing this because they are so heavily dependent on this false superiority, any form of identity. So the first step would be to, 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 to an admittance of I am uh, not as great as I think I am, which ultimately a narcissist has built their entire world existence and identity around that notion that they are simply better uh, and, and puffed up uh, sense of superiority. So that, that, that seems to take a lot of, uh, you know, I don't know if you would call it existential humility or just courage to come forth and, 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 and state such a uh, such, such actually uh, a lot of courage to admit that. Absolutely, no question. And you know, a narcissist, like I said, we call it a narcissist, but really what we're dealing with is deep down in what's known as a narcissistic injury. A narcissistic injury is an, is an injury that happens to a child during the, nar- the healthy narcissistic stage, which usually happens around two to seven years old. So at this stage in time, when a child is in fact the center of the universe, you know, a child who runs into the parents' room, wakes up at two in the morning, how narcissistic is that? Well, yeah, that's appropriate for a child that age. So what we're dealing with is somebody who um, who has an injury during that time period, and many people who have been injured during that time period don't necessarily become narcissists uh, because they choose, they hold on to their sense of of, of authenticity. Uh, this is what is known, you know, the gifted child in in Alice Miller's book of drama of gifted child. She talks about the way a child uh, would have to overcome such an experience to hold on to their sense of authenticity and truth takes an extraordinarily amount of strength. Uh, but what we call a narcissist is somebody who's given up that fight and, and, and succumbed to this false identity just to kind of fit in and, and survive. Um, so absolutely, it takes a ton of courage to admit how powerless and helpless they were in childhood when, in fact, the helplessness was to a parent who might or may have, you know, may most probably have been narcissistic themselves, exploiting them. Uh, they were perpetrated upon most of the time. So, uh, you know, it's tough to admit that we're powerless and helpless to a, to a, to, as a child, specifically to parents who we, uh, who we have to admit may or may not have been there the way we needed them to be. So it sounds like, uh, it sounds like to me, obviously you correct me if I'm wrong, um, but what we have here is a childhood wound that's magnified and becomes the, the, the very mask that leads the person's life and the, how they define themselves. Spot on, absolutely. So what we're dealing with is really, it really is a, uh, the, the, the entire identity of the child, of the individual, becomes surrounded by the wound. They become very focused on protecting themselves from getting re-injured, much like any other uh, uh you know, person who's, who's, who's defensive or is defended, uh, you know, from, from, a, from a personal wound, you know, somebody who's been, you know, traumatized enough time that they're going to, at a certain point in time, understandably so, they're going to want to protect themselves. Uh, this specific protective mechanism is, uh, is at the core of it all really just their wounds. Uh, they create a false personality and a false self to protect themselves from getting re-injured. 
so absolutely, it really is a, a protective. Uh, it's, their entire existence really resolves around this wound uh, and avoiding it and avoiding the the pain that 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 it, that would come up if this wound were, so to speak, exposed to uh, to uh, to others. Right, so th thank you, for, thank you for that. So I, I'm I'm guessing that the 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 overt is not someone that's that's you know strategically um, how, surreptitious about hiding it a lot more in on in social in social interactions. But how? What are the telltale signs of a a of uh, I let's let's give a particular example. What are the telltale signs of a narcissist? Uh, of a covert, uh, how do, what are the tales of a covert narcissist? Let's get a little, let's get a little sure. more intricate here. Sure, it's a, it's a fantastic question. So, you know, co all narcissists have a covert side to them. You know, it, I would say that, uh, we say overt narcissist. I would say the overt narcissist is just, is maybe a little bit more brazen. Uh, but when an overt narcissist can't get away with it in the overt world, in the, in the visible, uh, they will turn to the, the covert way. So, and, and kind of the opposite way as well. A covert narcissist that finds out that they can kind of go public with their narcissism and get away with it, socially acceptable, accept, acceptably, uh, may turn over. Um, but ultimately there's a covert side to it. Um, and you know, you want to, what you want to do is you want to, uh, you want to look for, uh, first of all, if you, if you, um, if you, uh, it's it's difficult ultimately because the the subtleties of this form of narcissism are very sneaky. You know, the better, the more the more covert, you know, insidious the the narcissist, the more intellectual. Right, so it's, the more it sounds like it sounds like they know how to hide their skeletons a lot better. They have to, Absolutely, they're getting they're, they're they they're, they're usually getting they're developing their arsenal about getting smarter about hiding their masks that they hide behind. Absolutely. Masks. Absolutely. The false identity becomes more and more refined and more and more insidious and more incorporated into uh, their life that it becomes more as they get older. Well, think about it this way. If they've been creating a false self since five, uh, you, you know, you, you'd like to think they can master this thing by the time they're 30, 40, 50, uh, even 20. So, you know, absolutely. It becomes a very intricate uh, detail. And sometimes you could not, you could think you're in a relationship with a, with a, with a relatively decent person. And, 20 and a 30 I've heard horror stories of 40 years later realizing this, that their entire relationship was with a covert narcissist where they really actually were never engaged in a way that's that's mutual it was more just exploitive uh, and that's the depths of the ability to hide their wounds and hide their true intentions of it so uh, you know you mentioned signs you know you want to look out for uh, you want to look out for um, for uh, for really uh, anytime you bring something up with a narcissist and you're and you're punished for bringing something up uh, that's and, you know may, maybe maybe it's uh, it's maybe maybe the narcissist that would take something personally uh, but anytime you know I should say anybody takes things you know, we all take things personally at times but with a narcissist it's it's not that he takes it personally it, you're you're attacking him so you want to look for that that if you touch if you say the wrong thing if you try to uh, if you try to kind of even criticize, even help, helpful criticism, uh, you're going to be you're going to be punished. You're going to be uh, it's going to be a strong reaction. You're not just going to be told, oh, that hurt me or that that didn't uh, bode well. That actually is considered an attack. So you want to look for any any time that you're being uh, uh, mistreated or disrespect or, or really uh, hurt uh, for 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 questioning the motives of the narcissist. Uh, you also want to look for inconsistencies. You want to look for uh, promises that are made that are not really kept. Um, you wanna you wanna check for um, uh, really a, a sense of superiority. Uh, anytime they, uh, they that there's an accomplishment, they tend to take full responsibility for all accomplishments, even that are not theirs. Uh, yet if there's a problem, they tend to pawn that off. You wanna you wanna look for that. Uh, those are some of the patterns that you may notice. But ultimately, in the moment, 
it's hard to tell. It really is. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's not an easy thing to tell. But ultimately, if you start to watch the behavior and you, and you watch the way they make you feel, uh, you're going to start to feel diminished, no, no question. Right, right. Okay, so I definitely realize that there is a lot of awareness that needs to come from um, individuals that are in the surrounding for people of, that have uh, either overt or covert. But my, my next question would be, how do we go about to actually circumventing such circumstances and actually distancing ourselves from such individuals? Sure. Well, first of all, if you are aware that you're dealing with a narcissist, um, there's definitely there's a couple, first of all, a couple of different ways to to uh, communicate with them, and ultimately, there's obviously the option of just not talking to them again. Uh, not everyone can do this, uh, and not necessarily is it something we need to do. Um, you know, I would say most of the time it's probably preferred. Sometimes, you know, when you're dealing with a family member who who's simply uh, a narcissistic um, and just is unaware of how to set boundaries. A lot of time, narcissistic parents they they're just unaware of it. And again, not defending their behavior, but sometimes you could even set uh, set very strong boundaries, uh, which they I would say most of the time won't keep. Uh, but you know, ultimately, you need to be the one to decide how you're going to go about it because a narcissist in general will not set boundaries. They will not be the one to say, I've gone too far. They will not apologize. So you need to be the one. It's in your hands. Uh, so what you want to do is if you feel threatened, if you feel disrespected, you have a right at any point in time to walk away. And I would say that most of the time is, is, the, is the preferred option. But if you absolutely need to engage and deal with a narcissist, you want to take your emotional uh, emotions out of their power, out of their control. You want to watch out for how they make you react because ultimately a narcissist wants to know that they can get you to do things through your emotions. Your emotions uh, are your are the way you, what you find uh, dear to you and how you how you react to when the narcissist kind of mocks or makes fun or even or even makes judgment on something that's dear to you. You want to make sure that you're aware of your own reactions to that thing and then make sure the narcissist doesn't have that control over you. Um, and when you do that, which is not an easy thing to do uh, to become less reactive, especially when you're dealing with someone who, who knows you and, and is aware of your, your trigger points and even uh, is, is more than happy to use them and in subtle ways, but you want to make sure, do the best you could to, um, to take your emotions away from it and, and keep your distance in that way as well. Uh, in addition, uh, you want to um, uh, know, uh, first of all, any assets that you have, anything that you, any valuables, anything that they can use uh, against you. You want to, you want to just understand, just, you know, take those away from the narcissist and, and kind of keep them, uh, keep them from distance from them because they will try to come after you, uh, of course, but then they'll come after uh, your resources and the people you love and the, and the, and the things that you find valuable in the, in the, in the uh, you know, and, and it's not, it's not uncommon that narcissists will use children against uh, former partners and spouses. So uh, you want to try with those things, but ultimately it is, it is, it is preferred and ultimately dealing with these individuals to get as much possible distance. And if you can, uh, to, uh, to simply go no contact. Wow. So boundaries are definitely the key and, and, um, and then only boundaries that are, that, that are obviously reinforced by, by the law itself and when any type of restraining orders or law enforcement to get involved, um, I'm guessing. Correct. And, and the tricky thing about law enforcement when it comes to, you know, legally speaking with narcissism is that it's, it's, it's very hard to identify and even prove. Like, uh, one of the, one of the main forms of tactic, uh, of abuse tactics for narcissists is gaslighting. Uh, it, most people don't even know what the word gaslighting means or what it's from or what it is. Uh, and it's a form of psychological torture where you kind of torment victims by telling them false lies and, and subtly downloading them with negative information and, and false narratives. Now, that's not something you can call cops on this individual for doing, uh, which makes the form of abuse 
so insidious and difficult to pinpoint. Uh, but ultimately, yes, if you're being abused, if you can record it and 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 hold on to that information, uh, and and um be able to prove that you're being abused. Um, but ultimately, yes, exactly. If you need to get law enforcement involved, then, then I, you know, like I said, I don't know exactly what they can do because, like I said, it's so subtle. Uh, um, but ultimately, do what you can to protect yourself uh, from these individuals. Wow. Okay, that's very accurate. Thank you very much. Um, my, my, my next question would be, how do we identify someone that would just extend like really seemingly sincere, altruistic benevolence, flattery or any type of kindness or any type of empathy, but really it would it would be it would be narcissistically veiled or it would be you know brilliantly hidden um, behind a, a true narcissist. That's a brilliant question. <laughs> That's a fantastic question. And you know, I, it's it's. It's tough because a lot of the people who do the altruism, a lot of the, the people who, who are really uh, the ones, the movers and the shakers who are the narcissists, tend to uh, be public figures. It's hard to, uh, again, I'm not calling out all people who are public figures and altruistic. There's plenty of great people, fantastic uh, donors and, and influencers out there. Uh, this was not for them. But those who are, uh, it's tough to call them out because they have a lot of people who tend to believe in them and follow them. Uh, so, you know, it, it, if somebody is being altruistic, um, you want to look for what they want in exchange. And sometimes what they want in exchange is simply recognition, uh, which is another form of narcissistic supply. Uh, honor, uh, you know, being being told that they're amazing or great uh, is another form of, of self-aggrandizement, which, you know, it, it is part of the addiction. It's part of the I am so great. I'm so worthy. It's not necessarily, my- it's not necessarily a tangible reciprocity. But it's just Absolutely. the attention, and it's it's just the, the focus that that's directed towards them. So it's like almost, so to speak. If I were going to give you an example, uh, person A gives person B a lot of attention, but only because person A wants the attention back from person B towards towards person A. At the end of the day, correct. And there there is, you know, ultimately speaking, there, there is the, some some. It's not as necessarily malicious. Sometimes we simply want to be reciprocated. In love and attention and, and, and mutual connection, that's understandable. But uh, in this specific uh, way of operating, there is not—they're not giving anything. They're actually giving to get. It's 100% selfish, masked in 100% uh, altruism. So, it's—you also want to look for someone giving their entire self away, uh, or seemingly giving all their existence away, uh, because even altruistic people need to hold on to themselves and need to have a sense of identity and need to protect themselves from 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 being totally lost within their altruism. So there is healthy giving, there's healthy altruism, but this form of altruism is is oftentimes over the top, uh, but is never actually giving. It's it's actually giving to get. Wow. Well, very well. Thank you very much. I, I guess I don't know if this is a common question, but what would be um, a, a few key differences you would tell us between someone that's like an obvious narcissist or someone that's just emotionally in need of therapy or any type of uh, since just seeking sincere validation from from their social surroundings. Excellent question. Well, you know, somebody who somebody who 
wants to be somebody who's stubborn and simply, you know, not uh, doesn't want to, you know, be told that 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 they're that they're um, that they're they have a wound, uh, that they have an issue, um, which is understandable. You know, we, we don't want to be told about our weaknesses. Um, but ultimately speaking, if you want to be in a relationship with another person, uh, business, personal, you name it, uh, there has to be a certain amount of uh, there has to be a certain amount of accountability for the way you show up to the relationship and how other people uh, are going to react to you and, and, and other, ultimately empathy uh, for, for how other people experience you in the relationship. So the, somebody who's a narcissist does not want, does not care about the others individual, other people in the relationship. So if they are hurting other people, that doesn't matter. So getting help uh, for the, for, for, you know, somebody who wants to, um, ultimately uh, make changes and get help uh, it will will have to like I said admit that there's a problem and that they're that they have a, a, an issue uh, but but ultimately that, that they want to hold on to the relationship the bond with other people uh, you know a, a narcissist like I said does not care about the bond there is no bond there is no relationship with narcissists it is all false it is all masked under the idea of what can I get from it so telling them telling someone like this hey there's some there's some issues here yeah they, 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 there are issues there but that, that don't they don't matter I'm protecting Protecting myself from facing my own issues. Facing my own issues is so out of the question, I'm willing to sometimes even go to my death uh, before facing the fact that I have issues. So oftentimes what you find is narcissists who go to therapy, but really they're going to appease their partner. Uh, they're going to hold on to the bond because they know that if they lose the bond, they lose their narcissistic supply, they lose their honor. They, so they'll do maybe enough to hold on to the bond, but ultimately nothing's really changing only thing that's changing is maybe some behavioral changes, which will ultimately go back to the way they are because they're not true long-lasting change. So what I'm hearing is that somebody that has, you know, narcissistic either symptoms or telltale sign would just would just have extreme patterns and and, and um, would shows would shows severe signs of uh, resistance towards any type of uh, feedback or critique. Absolutely. Absolutely. Critique is not seen as, uh, you know, it's, it, there's no such thing as criticism. There's attacks and then there's defending from, uh, from any of those attacks. And really the attacks are tripping up of these childhood, the inner pain, the inner shame. So uh, it's an elaborate defense mechanism meant to uh, dodge any form of self-reflection. Uh, when you tell somebody, hey, listen, there's something you need to work on that's causing damage, causing pain to people around you, uh, they, what they hear is are now an enemy because you are making me self-reflect and anybody who makes me self-reflect is now is now uh, not a friend and not, not something somebody I'm interested in engaging in and they are more than willing to throw them out scapegoat them and remove them from their lives because they are not seen as somebody who is giving feedback they're seen as somebody who's who's attacking so absolutely right well wow. so I, I'm one of the one of the biggest things that that's that stuck with me from from um, you know obviously this the severe narcissism is that they're they're, they seek to withdraw or exhaust or take a lot more than uh, than just any con type of contribution or giving whatsoever. Uh, my question would be, when it comes to children, like if, like obviously we know that the children they're they're spoiled when they're younger. How do we ensure, uh, in the healthiest way possible, that when they grow older, um, they they actually develop into responsible individuals? That have a right, uh, a, a healthy sense of of uh, discernment and awareness when it comes to taking responsibility and um, also not necessarily not 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 you know segueing into um, you know God forbid the the uh, the narcissistic uh, individual identity. Sure, sure. Well, first of all, the antidote to narcissism is 
uh, is empathic attunement and um, essentially mirroring, proper mirroring. Now, what that means like this, if you are validating your child as they grow through this narcissistic stage of childhood and you are you're letting them work through their self-centeredness and realize that so that they can grow to a stage where they realize that there's other people out there and ultimately if they want to connect with other people they have to leave room for them uh, and and uh, in order to have happy you know successful fulfilling life you need to be able to allow for others to exist while you retain your sense of self uh, if this mirroring which means you kind of reflect back to them their 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 stage of development as well as a tuning you listen and you are aware of them but you also to know, uh, give them the respect they deserve to, 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 to have that space to, to grow into. If this isn't there, uh, it's going to create an injury. It's going to create a narcissistic injury. So, uh, you know, it, it's it, what happens a lot of times is you have parents who have are narcissistic injuries because it wasn't happening for them, and then they cannot empathically attune and reflect back to the child any sense of, of health because they are, are, are not, they, they don't have that skill set, which is why you see intergenerational narcissism uh, just flowing down uh, like, a, like, a, like water down a, down a tube. But, uh, so ultimately, you know, if we want to be there for our children in a way that, that doesn't create more narcissism and more narcissistic abuse, we have to heal our own narcissistic injuries uh, and be there for ourselves, empathically attuned to ourselves, you know, with a professional, with a therapist, or somebody who understands how to help rebuild and, and heal this sense of this injured sense of self so that we can then give back to our child a future where they, they actually have the ability to do this, this uh, to, de to develop it for themselves. So essentially, if, if, if I'm understanding correctly, the more we are to our kids what we want them to be, then the more they could be who they actually see we are. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the thing about, a, about any childhood wound is that it's, if we are going to engage in a relationship and then have children, have a future with others, and we don't heal, we are at risk of giving over these wounds. Now, it's unconscious, so it's not about perpetrator or not perpetrator. I mean, there are crimes being done, but it's about if we want to, if we want to heal ourselves, we want to heal our future and the next generation, we absolutely need to get in touch with our childhood wounds, get in touch with what we have been through, heal it, work through it, make peace with it, and, 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 uh, and create a future uh, where, uh, where, uh, where we're aware of what healthiness means and we, we're aware of signs of dysfunction so we can correct that within ourselves and ultimately give our child the adult that they need to look up to to become who they need to become. Amazing. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time. I'd like to quickly ask you uh, where, people could, where people could reach out to you for more of your content, for more of your consultation, for more of your direction and guidance um, in this specific area on how actually this would also relate to dating, relationships in the workplace and marriage and any type of relationship altogether and even just in, in, uh, between friends. Sure. Well, th uh, thank you for, for asking. I can be reached on LinkedIn under Yitz Epstein Life Coach. I can be reached on Facebook, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery uh, Life Coaching. And I can be reached on Instagram under uh, same title. I can be reached on uh, via the email, which is Yitz, Y-I-T-Z, at psychologicalhealingcenter.com. Um, the phone number to reach me, 252 uh, and, um, yeah, please reach out if you guys want to. I offer free 15-minute consultation uh, to discuss your situation and how we can help you heal from any form of abuse, specifically narcissistic abuse. Um, and, uh, Sam, thank you for your time. It's, it's an honor and a pleasure to, to, to join you today. Thanks for your, for your insight as well as questions. And, uh, yeah, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much. All the best, and we'll definitely see you in the field. Absolutely. Take care of yourself, Sam. Thank you. Thank you, too.